Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Jeff, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about arguments. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about the things that lead up to arguments, how to, you know, unpack financial ideas to avoid and lessen arguments. And we kind of circle around this fact that people do have arguments about money and lots of other things. But we've never really stepped into the ring with our listeners to say what's going on in the middle of an argument. I like your fighting analogy there. (laughs) (laughs) I know that was completely intentional. So today we are going to literally step through the ropes um, into the ring with you and kind of talk about some of the mechanics that are going on in the middle of an argument and maybe provide a slightly different model um, to think about how to argue. Yeah, John said something to me the other day, a couple of weeks ago, in a conversation we had, um, I think it was actually about the podcast, that where apparently I had some said something different than usual, and it wasn't paying attention. And I said something like, you know, the purpose of an argument is to create repair. At which I went, excuse me, what? Yeah, and that, you know, for me, that was weird, because of course I think about the purpose of arguments is creating repair because that's what I do all day long, right? Like I talk, talk with couples or people about how things are going wrong in their relationships. And, you know, and I'm thinking more like, you know, my own personal experience, which is uh, most arguments are not about repair. Do you want the list of what I think arguments are about? Yeah. Tell me, I'm curious. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a good list. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, obviously to be right, um, to win, um, to get an apology if I think I've been wronged, um, you know, to score points, um, to gain power. I yeah. mean, none of these are benevolent. I'm, I'm want to make sure that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. I do. No, we, we that you that. know that I know <laughs> that, that none of these are the best motivations. Right. But, you know, arguments are kind of like you know getting bit by a dog. You don't. It, it isn't a thoughtful moment. It's a reactionary thing, right? Yeah. And so for you to actually have the audacity um, to propose that um, arguments could actually be thoughtful um, was, was a little bit startling. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'll say it again, just to reiterate here, you know, for, for me, the purpose of an argument is to create repair in the relationship to create a higher level of closeness or connection. And I think, the fact that it sound, that idea sounds foreign mm-hmm. is to a lot of people. I don't think it's just you. And it's, I, and I've certainly been in that boat too, you know, so it's not like I haven't um, also had my own ill motives in during an argument, but um, the, the fact that it's uh sounds foreign, it just indicates that we're so committed to being right or gaining power or winning or, you know, whatever the, you know, sort of, uh, difficult motivation is right there. So I want to unpack what an argument 
we're going to go fast. We're going to try and go fast because there's a lot. I mean, actually, you could do a ton and ton of reading. I'm sure there's somebody and lots of somebody who's written j- books just on how to have a proper argument, right? Like how to, how to make it work for mm-hmm. you, you in a relationship. We're not going to do all that. We're going we're gonna to try and move through this pretty quickly. So, you know, one of the things I want us to pay attention to is that one of the big problems in an argument is that people get to a spot in the argument where they reach a kind of metaphoric threshold. After they pass that threshold, the intensity of their feelings just becomes... It's a spike. Horrible. Yes. (coughs) They get, you know, something... some situation has occurred in the relationship and one person has become so defensive or irritated that they, you know, have to sort of impulsively rather than thoughtfully state their opinion, uh, state the contrary opinion or whatever. And then you can almost see that argument escalating step by step until at some point one person has such intense feelings that they can no longer be productive in that conversation you know i think of that disney kids movie um with the character that you know all the emotions live inside of this oh control yeah yeah, center. yeah yeah and there's that one that's anger and, right. and he's always grumpy but every once in a while you know boom the flames come out of his head <laughs> right. and he goes to right. 11 um, and i think we've all experienced that um so you know how do you maintain your objectives you know first of all what should our objectives be but how can you maintain objectives you know, when, boom, you find your, you know, almost like the dog bite, you just weren't expecting it, and bang, and one here way, I am. Yeah, one way to think about feelings, one vantage point to think about feelings from is to imagine that they serve as a cue or a signal to tell you something important. They're, they're grabbing your attention about something and saying, hey, pay, you know, pay attention to this important thing, whether that's, you know, joy or, or, or excitement or, or, you know, anger or frustration or hurt or whatever. It doesn't matter what the feeling is. So um, one of the things that we need to do is just pay attention to the feelings we have and especially the intensity of those feelings and then figure out what we're going to do with that. Because to your previous point, like what should our goal be in a, in a argument the goal should be to, to to repair right to to figure out how to make the relationship better and i i do want to say you know a lot of arguments are patterned in other words they th- this is probably not the first time you've argued about that subject and many many arguments are not going to be fully resolvable i don't want that to be discouraging that's just a reality you know sometimes people in a couple have different styles and Mm -hmm. they have different needs and different motivations. (coughs) Sometimes what that looks like is that they don't know how to solve the differences in their style or their personality or whatever. And so you have to find these workarounds. That's what I'm talking about. Like, can we figure out a way to get our minds to a spot where we're not you know, wanting to kill the other person mm-hmm. long enough to have some actual problem solving going on and compromise and figure out how we're going to make the relationship closer rather than letting our wish to have more power or to win or to, you know, whatever, um, overcome the relationship and cause some destruction. So, yeah, first thing, you know, I'm sort of advocating is um, figure out 
your threshold. It's going to be variable for you at different times. You know, if you're having a bad day, your threshold is going to be lower. If you're having a good day, you might have more patience. But whatever your threshold is, figure out what that is, pay attention to it, and do everything in your power to try to not go past that threshold. Um, so what does that look like? Um, there's all kinds of different things that people do to solve that dilemma. I mean, one of them is just to take a break. Like if you're in the middle of an argument and you, you feel as if you're about to lose your mind or, you, you know, it's, Hey, can we, I know this is important. I know you need to say what you need to say and I want to be able to hear it, but I've reached that limit where I feel like I might say things that would not be helpful for our relationship. So can we take a 10 minute break? And then I promise I'll come back and, we can jump back in just having a little bit of space for some people, not all people, but some people really makes a big difference. They can kind of calm down for a minute. Remember that they uh, love their partner and, and then jump back in and try and get some problem solving. Then the next one I would think helps some people um, is to work on figuring out how to um, create calm in yourself if you're noticing those intense feelings come up and you have a go-to way for yourself of trying to, you know, create a little bit of calm in intense moments, then do it. You know, even just saying out loud, hey, I'm wondering if we could reduce our intensity right now so that we could, you know, maybe get to some repair here. Um, you, you have to know your partner and you have to use the language that works in your relationship. So I'm not saying there's like a, you know, template way to do this but you get the idea so if i can interrupt here for a second it seems yeah. like this both parties have to kind of agree to these terms yeah and, the yeah you know hey we need to try to argue differently yeah because i could see <clears throat> if somebody was trying to win an argument right and the other party got emotional or got flared up right um and wanted to back up and take a break I could see one of them going kind of maybe not cognitively, but saying, I'm on the verge of winning this thing. We're not stopping. We're doing this right now. Oh, for sure. You've never seen this in therapy, have you? Never, right, never. Right, no, obviously. You know, people have different styles of arguing, too. Some people are more verbal, and some people are very physically expressive, so they, you know, wave their hands around or they mm -hmm. pace or whatever. And some people are withdrawn mm -hmm. or quiet or they see, they appear to be like steaming, you know what I mean? Like, so there are different styles more than I've just mentioned here. And obviously, you know, people have different ways of thinking about how to end an argument. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I do think there needs to be a conversation in the relationship. Like what's our goal? Like our, is our goal in arguments to try to win or do we want to actually build our relationship into something that's meaningful? Right. And that can be sustainable over time. I think just the general idea um, that you painted early as we were having this initial discussion was that arguments come out of friction, right? Sure. And the best thing in the world would be for us to figure out why you do what you do and why I do what I do. Right. And us find a compromised, negotiated way of moving forward where that thing is um, observed, discussed, organized, and resolved as much as it is possible, possible. for right. good-willed people to do. Sure. And so that's, <clears throat> I mean, 
I hate to say it again, but that was kind of earth shattering to realize that, hey, I'm in this argument because a thing happened. And, you know, what if, what if the whole point of this was to not have this argument eight more times? Or if, if the issue keeps coming up, to notice <clears throat> that the issue has come up and you've already figured out the workarounds that can make your relationship work better. Mm-hmm. You know, then you're avoiding all of that miserable time trying to, you know, punch each other in the nose. You know, nobody loves that. So, yeah, I think there are going to be things that you just can't resolve and things that you can resolve, but either way... Um, you want to be in a situation where that's happening um, such you you both feel respected and cared about and that you're both working on the same team towards the same goal. You know, typically arguments are felt like, you know, I have my position and I am going to use my uh, bulldozer to run you over. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, you know, you, your partner is an opponent, mm-hmm. not, not a partner. Right. So, yeah, I'm definitely advocating for having a conversation about how can we create a partnership, a team, even when we disagree. Mm. Yeah. So what's this going to look like? So, you know, I think one of the things you're going to need to figure out how to do for yourself is figure out, you know, your own motivation in an argument, but also how to let go of things like needing to be right. So maybe there's a long-standing or long, uh, longer um, issue there where you need to talk it out with your with your partner, or your friends, or mentors, or whoever you know can listen to you about this. But you, if you have a strong need to be in power, or strong strong need to be right, or to get your own way, or whatever, that needs to be worked out because you can't be on a team and diminish your partner. Mm-hmm. So you know, be able to figure out what your feelings are able to state them lots of people can't state their own feelings that's okay but go online and search for you know a a feeling wheel or feeling list or emoji list or whatever and figure out what your feelings are and be able to state them clearly and understand why they're there and what they mean so you know i think your job in an argument is to be loving right when your partner says something in an argument it's very important that you um, demonstrate that you can understand what's going on for them. If we're, if we're having an argument about a subject, let's say money or whatever, and I say, yes, we should buy a car, and, and my partner says, no, we should not buy a car, we could spend all day long trying to battle back and forth about who's right or wrong on that. But if we switch gears and we say, I'm going to listen to my partner now and and I'm going to try to um, tell them what I think they're saying, what I think they're feeling, and what I think it means until they realize I got what they're saying. I understood it. Then um, we have this opportunity, right? Like if, if you can go both directions like that where both people understand what's going on in the mind of the other, then we have opportunity for problem solving. As long as we're not understanding the other person, you've had this experience like your partner says something and before they finish saying it, you've already generated the response in your head. I've never done that in my life. I'm sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're going to call your wife and confirm that no, later. No, no. A little no. fact checking nope. here. <clears throat> I think we've all had that. And to the extent that you're doing that in your mind, you're, you're closing off understanding your partner's experience. You don't have to agree with your partner. You can still hold on to your own position, but you have to be able to demonstrate to your partner that you understand their position and how they feel about it and what it means to them. In other words, you have to value their opinion, mm -hmm. like as much as you value your own. Mm -hmm. it, once they understand that, and if this is mutual, it goes both in, in both directions, then there's opportunity for really problem solving. Mm -hmm. But as long as your partner believes you don't understand and you don't care about their feeling, what's going to happen? They're just going to get louder and louder and louder, or they're going to withdraw, or they're going to become more defensive or more critical. They're going to become more escalated because they want you to hear that what they have to say is important. So I, I think, you know, the bottom line here is in order for us to get to a spot where we could actually make repair, where we could compromise, where we could um, come to an understanding together that's real problem solving or real workarounds, we have to have empathy for our partner's experience. We have to value them as human beings as much as we value our own position. And we have to imagine in our own minds, this person is someone I love. Mm -hmm. I, I'm doing all of this so we can work together to create something better. You know, we talk about all these things in <clears throat> our other podcasts about how you need to be, you know, expressing empathy for where your partner comes from. And we kind of have talked about all of these things, kind of like assuming that there's been an argument. And now afterwards, here's some things that you can do. Or we've had these arguments a whole bunch of times. So here's some things that we need to think about or play with in order to prevent these arguments. So I think this is um, really novel to where you're saying, hey, even the way we're going to argue, whether it be about financial issues or other ones, is going to be based on these new rules of engagement because we choose to not just be wild animals that go at each other. Uh, we choose to be partners. We choose to understand. Um, we choose to show respect. Um, and we're going to choose to work together to find a common ground you know, not just my page, not just your page, but our page, our yeah. page. That's right. So all of these things can happen outside of an argument, but they are still valid in the fact of, or in the, in the ring of the argument itself. If you don't understand <clears throat> the basic process or rules of thumb, rules of engagement for an argument, it doesn't matter what the subject is you're arguing about. It's going to go wrong. If you have to have, a basic understanding of what the rules of engagement, the rules of connection mm -hmm. are that allows you to take the most challenging of subjects and work through it without being hateful. It reminds me of another crazy thing you said. Um, and that was this idea that um, good couples argue. Yeah. And I kind of struggled with that too, but, but this, this thought that you're um, presenting, which is, intentionally arguing for the sake of repair. Not intentionally arguing, but if you are in an argument, let's be intentional about the fact that yeah. the point of this is to get to a point of healing and repair. But the idea that 
um, all couples are going to argue is just an, a recognition that all couples are going to have moments of friction because they're different people. Yeah. You know, I think all of us have tried to say, well, we would be happier if we argued less. So let's avoid arguments. Yeah. And you're not saying that. I'm not saying that. You know, there are people, there are couples in the world who, who avoid conflict altogether and they will tell you they never have conflict. And what they mean is they never say what they're upset about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and for those folks, I tend to want them to say what they're upset about and work it out rather than holding it because the, the risk of doing it that way is that you hold resentments, right? Like you hold on to the mm-hmm. things that went wrong that you never talked about. All couples have friction, all of them. Mm-hmm. And even, and the, even the happiest ones, the ones that have happy marriages for 40, 50 years, they have frictions. They're not you know, it's just like any relationship. They're not expecting not to have friction. They know that's going to occur. They just figured out how to do it together. No matter mm-hmm. what the subject is, they figured out how to be loving and respectful and kind and to n- not jump to conclusions and, you know, not let it get too escalated. So maybe this would be a good episode. If you listen to these uh, by yourself, this would be a good one to have your partner listen to. Yeah. Maybe, um, it would be a good idea to pick something that you've had some friction about and say, hey, this is some low-hanging fruit. Um, This isn't something that we've gotten really hot about. Um, It's not going to set the world on fire if we bring it back up again. But maybe we could practice on this um, entry-level, intermediate or or beginner-level argument. I I love the idea of practice. I think this is exactly the kind of thing you have to practice because for most of of us, it's not native. Mm Mm-hmm. And it takes work, you know, and so, yeah, practice. Go online and, you know, do some research and find the books or the, you know, articles or whatever that are helpful to you about how to implement this sort of thing and study up. You know, you're investing in your relationship. It's, It's perhaps the most important relationship that you'll have in your life. And it's really, really important to invest the time and energy to make sure you're taking care of it at its most vulnerable moments. You know, we watched our parents at some level do marriage. They were not experts. Yeah. And our in-laws, we've watched them do marriage at some level. And they are also not experts. Right. They can be helpful. It's good to get advice from people, especially successful people. But there are not a lot of marriage experts in the field of people who are married. Yeah. (laughs) So this is something that it's helpful to get some outside information for sure. Um, and to do a little bit of study up and put some work into it. Jeff, I I really appreciate your thoughts on this. Yeah. I'm Um, glad to do it. It's a novel idea. Um, and it's something that, that I want to work on. Um, and I hope our listeners will play with it too. Yeah. We, we work on this, all of us for all of our life. That's part of the deal. So yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com. 